Welcome to the Nat Theo Podcast, where we explore nature, the Bible, and what both of them show us about our Creator God, who made this wild and wonderful world. I'm Erin Lynham, Master Naturalist, Bible teacher, and author, and I am so excited to explore God's Word and His created world with you. Did you know that my new book released this spring, Rooted in Wonder, Nurturing Your Family's Faith Through God's Creation, hit the shelves on April 11th. So encourage your parent or caregiver to pick up a copy for more fun activities and ideas for getting outside this summer, exploring God's world, and learning more about Him through what He has made. Do you know what an axolotl is? I'm going to let my kids describe one for you. My name is Zeke. I'm 11 years old and I live in Colorado. I would describe an axolotl as a little salamander with a permanent smile and little uh, gills that look like worms sticking out the side of its head. What's your favorite thing about axolotls? I love the axolotl's smile. Anything else you would teach someone or tell someone about an axolotl? They like cold water and dark places, and they're nocturnal. Hi, my name is Ellis, and I'm 10 years old. Ellis, if you were going to describe an axolotl to someone, what would you tell them it looks like? A salamander with a tadpole tail and a permanent smile, and little gills on the side of his head. What's your favorite thing about an axolotl? Our axolotl likes to chase balloons. Hello, I'm Will, and I'm eight years old. What do they look like? Toads. How do they differ from a toad? They've got longer tails, they've got four legs, they don't jump as high. What's your favorite thing about an axolotl? They're really cute and they've got a permanent smile. I'm Rory and I'm five. Rory, do you like axolotls? Yeah. What do you think about axolotls? Um. Because they eat worms so fast. They eat worms so fast? Uh-huh. What's your favorite thing about axolotls? When they swim, when they swim, when he swims today. When he swims? Uh-huh. What do you like watching your axolotl do? Um, chase a balloon. Chase balloons. If you've never seen an axolotl, you can ask your parent or caregiver to pull up a picture or a video of one, or to hop over to my account on Instagram, that's Erin Lynham Author on Instagram, to see some videos of our pet axolotl. That's right, we have a pet axolotl. When my kids began telling me about axolotls, I thought they were talking about some mythical creature. But when we started learning about them, I was amazed, so amazed that we set up a tank, contacted a breeder, learned everything we could about these amazing creatures, and brought one home. Our pet axolotl's name is Spud. And you know, one thing we recently discovered about Spud is that he loves balloons. It was my son's birthday recently, and we had some helium balloons, and we happened to set them next to Spud's tank. And we were so surprised when we saw him looking at the balloons and moving toward them. And then as we would move the balloons, he would turn and go after them as if he was chasing them. 
You can go to Erin Lynham author on Instagram to watch some videos of Spud, including one of us feeding him a worm for lunch. So what's today's roadmap? Where are we going? We are going to learn what is an axolotl? How can it regrow parts of its body? What other creatures can regrow parts of their bodies? And finally, how does God, in a similar way, help us regrow our hearts and minds? I've heard axolotls called a pigfish, a dragonfish. Personally, they remind me a little bit of a potato. You know, after a potato has been left in the pantry and forgotten for a bit too long and it starts to sprout, well, an axolotl has these little frilly gills around its face and it kind of reminds me of a sprouting potato. But an axolotl is not a fish. It's not a pig or a dragon and it's definitely not a potato. So what is an axolotl? An axolotl is an amphibian. Do you know what an amphibian is? Well, when we explore amphibians, we should really look at a bigger study in nature and science called herpetology. A herpetologist is a scientist who studies both reptiles and amphibians. While reptiles such as snakes, turtles, and lizards are really well equipped to live on land. Many of them have these hard scales that lock in moisture, while amphibians, which are our frogs, toads, salamanders, and newts, they need water a whole lot more than reptiles do. Because of this, amphibians live both on land and in water, except for the axolotl. An axolotl is a type of salamander, but unlike other salamanders, axolotls live their whole lives underwater. Can you imagine living your whole life underwater? Those frilly things around an axolotl's face that kind of look like a lion's mane or like I mentioned, a, a sprouting potato, those are gills. Do you know what gills do? Just like on a fish, Gills are an organ. An organ is an important part of the body that has a very special job to do. And the gills on an axolotl allow it to extract or take oxygen from the water. And this is how they can breathe and live underwater. So we've learned that axolotls are amphibians that live and breathe underwater. Let's explore three other very interesting things about this crazy cool creature. First, axolotls are always smiling. I love this about them and a couple of my kids mentioned this also. Now it might not be a true smile. However, the way that their face is designed, they always look like they're smiling at you and you really can't help but smile back at them. I love how creative God was in designing creatures, don't you? I think when God made the axolotl, he was making something for us to smile about. The second important thing we should know about axolotls is that they are critically endangered. While axolotls are becoming more popular as pets in captivity and homes like my own, in the wild, they are critically endangered because of habitat loss. What is habitat loss? 
Well, you see, creatures live in certain habitats or areas with specific plants, fellow creatures, and conditions that they need in order to thrive. I love how God has created everything to work together in these communities and ecosystems. However, when those habitats are destroyed, the creatures that call them home die or have to move on. And this is the case with the axolotl. Axolotls are found only in one lake, Lake Xochimilco in southern Mexico. They used to also live in Lake Chalco in central Mexico. But in the 1970s, that lake was drained to prevent flooding. Axolotls are now in critical danger of becoming extinct in the wild. Scientists think that there are probably only around 1,000 axolotls left in the wild. The third important thing we should know about axolotls is that they can regrow parts of their bodies. When a creature like an axolotl can regrow body parts, it's called regeneration. Can you say that? Regeneration. God has given some creatures the ability to rebuild or repair cells, tissue, and even organs if they're damaged. Did you know that our bodies can do this in a small way also? Have you ever fallen off your bike and scraped your knee? or scratched yourself on a branch while climbing a tree? After a while, what does that scrape or scratch do? It heals, right? It grows new skin. This is your tissue regenerating itself. Animals with regenerative qualities can do this much better than we do. They can regrow limbs such as arms, legs, or their tail. Some creatures that do this are lizards, starfish, salamanders, and some fish. But the first place winner in regeneration or regrowing parts of its body is, you guessed it, the axolotl. This is because an axolotl can regrow much more than just its legs, arms, or tail. If it needs to, It can actually regrow parts of its heart and brain. When I was a kid, we'd tease each other not to hit or let our heads get hit because we thought that we would lose brain cells. Well, good news for the axolotl, he can grow those back. Now, if an axolotl was to damage its entire brain, it can't grow a completely new one, but it can grow new parts of its brain if it needs to. And the same is true of its heart. An axolotl can actually grow new heart tissue. Because of this amazing quality, scientists study axolotls closely to learn more about regenerating cells and tissues and organs. They want to use this research and information to understand how to better help patients in hospitals. Axolotls can also teach us a lot about treating cancer because they are over 1,000 times more resistant to cancer than mammals. Isn't it so cool that God has given us things in nature to study that can help us better understand our own lives and how to help others? Throughout history, scientists have used God's designs to further technology, 
industry, and medical advancements. This study is called bioinspiration or biomimetics. And it's this idea that we are inspired by what we see in nature and we can mimic those designs. God really is the best designer. We saw that as humans, we have a little bit of regenerative ability when it comes to growing new skin after we're scratched or scraped. However, our ability to regenerate goes a whole lot further. Like an axolotl, our hearts can also be regenerated. No, not our physical heart, the organ that pumps blood through our bodies, but our spiritual heart. And although we can't regrow parts of our brains, we can regenerate our minds and the ways that we think. In a similar way that God gave the axolotl the ability to regrow parts of its heart and brain, God can regenerate our spiritual hearts and our minds. Let's look first at how God regenerates our hearts and then our minds. In Ezekiel chapter 36, we see that the Israelite people had walked away from God. They were worshiping other things instead of him. You know, sometimes we make that mistake also. We choose to follow something or someone instead of God. But in his grace and love, God would draw the Israelites back to himself, and he does the same for us. Let's read what God said to the Israelites. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What did God mean by taking out their hearts of stone and giving them a heart of flesh? Did they actually have a stone in their chest? No, of course not. But what God was doing here was using pictures and images to make an important point. Are stones soft or hard? They're hard, right? And is flesh, like our skin and most of our bodies, hard or soft? Soft. God was using these words as pictures. A hard stone heart is stubborn and doesn't want to hear from or follow God. But a soft heart is one that is ready to listen to God and accept and follow what he says. Another Bible translation, the New Living Translation, uses similar but different words for this verse. It says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. When we have a hard time following God, when we have that stony and stubborn heart, he is so gracious and he will help us regrow a soft heart that is ready to listen, follow, and obey him. Let's look at Jeremiah 24, 7. It says, I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. And this scripture also was for the Israelites, but we see in it a reflection of God's heart for us, you and me, his children, that he wants us to turn to him with our whole heart. Because life is better when we follow God. He knows what is best for us and he has great plans for our lives. 
Our heart is the seat of our desires. Do you know what that means? Our heart is where all of our wants live. Sometimes we want things that are good and helpful, but sometimes the things that we want in life are not so good and not so helpful. God gives us new hearts so we can want what he wants for us because that is always what's best. God regenerates our hearts and he also regenerates our minds. This world can be very toxic. What do I mean by that? There is a lot of false and confusing information out there. It's hard to know what to believe and how to live. There are dangerous ways of thinking, and sometimes we can struggle with wrong, hurtful, or just plain sad thoughts. But God is in the business of regenerating minds. Listen to this beautiful scripture about how God wants us to think in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We can do some practical things to help us think on everything that is good and beautiful and true like exploring God's creation. When we go out into the woods or walk along a river or play down in a grassy area by the park, it really helps to turn our thoughts away from the confusion of the world and toward everything that God has made that is good and beautiful and true. Listen to Romans 12 too. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. You will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. You can ask yourself if your mind and thoughts are being shaped by this world. Are your thoughts directed by what you're hearing from kids at school, on social media, or from books and movies? And are those thoughts helpful? It's important that we shape our thoughts from God's word, the Bible. As we explore God's word, along with his beautiful creation that reflects his goodness and truth, our thoughts turn to him. When we choose to follow Jesus and trust him as our savior, it's not only our hearts and minds that are renewed and regenerated. We are made completely new. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone belongs to Christ, there is a new creation. The old things have gone. Everything is made new. I love watching Spud, our pet axolotl, and seeing just how wonderfully God has made his creation. When I watch him, I think about the importance of protecting what God has made so that we don't lose these incredible creatures like Spud to extinction. And I also think about the way God created Spud to regrow parts of his brain and heart if he needs to and how God gives us new spiritual hearts and new minds to follow him and enjoy the wonderful life that he has for us. Parents and caregivers, if you're listening, I do apologize for perhaps putting the idea of a pet axolotl in your child's mind, 
But I will say that we love our pet Axolotl, and he provides so much entertainment and many nature lessons. However, if you're considering bringing home a pet axolotl, make sure that you first check with your state laws because in some areas they are not allowed to be kept in captivity. Also know that a pet axolotl is a long-term commitment. In captivity, they can live up to 15 years, so make sure that you're up for that commitment. Whether you bring an axolotl home as a pet, or enjoy videos of axolotls online or pictures and books, may they always remind you that God gives us new hearts and minds to follow after him. Hey listeners, this is Erin, and I need your help. We would love to get this podcast to more listeners so they can discover God out in nature. You can help us do that by following, rating, and reviewing. If you're listening on Apple, please make sure to follow the podcast and leave us a rating and review. And wherever you're listening, please share this podcast with others.